Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, September 21st, 2021, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts for the evening, Lavendar and Anastasia. Uh, Just a quick heads up that Mercury is going retrograde on September 27th until October 17th, and you can read about that online, but I think it's already starting. We've already had a little, a couple of glitches here trying to get the show started, but fortunately we're here. So we have a very special guest this evening. Her name is Heidi McBratney, and she's been a practitioner in counseling, energy medicine techniques, and teaching for more than 30 years. She has achieved recognition as an expert in traumatic stress, compassion fatigue, and healing the soul back to wholeness. Heidi believes that by supporting one person at a time to remember the light of their soul, this has a ripple effect within that person's family and community that brings further illumination and peace. Her book, Answering the Call of Your Spirit, was published in 2021 in Canada. Her most significant education has been through her world travels and learning from various elders of different indigenous peoples who encouraged her to share the ways of returning home to one's truth and one's soul. Heidi has been given guidance and support from various native elders in Canada and the United States and from many elders in South America, Africa, Egypt, Israel, New Zealand, and Australia. Heidi brings a depth of wisdom, insight, compassion, and encouragement that enables her to guide others to develop their innate ability to grow and flourish from the many life challenges we all experience. Her goal is to support others in developing new lifelong skills that increase their awareness and balance, giving them a roadmap to emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual health. And you can visit her website, which is HeidiMcBratney.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy and Jada for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for our guest. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's continual dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here, and you'll get our biweekly show notice if you enable those. Our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone uh, Zoom session with Lavendar, Anastasia, Emerald, Miara, Riley, or myself. Riley, Emerald, and Miara are now also available for the live Stage 2 sessions, so you'll be able to have a Starseed consultation in a matter of weeks rather than months as it has been. And remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you're going to get a 10-hour window of power. And you can find out exactly when that happens and how to make the most of it by requesting your solar return timing. And that usually takes less than a week. So first up tonight, I'm going to get back to that other screen. 
I am going to get those buttons clicked. Just hang on, Anastasia. <laughs> Where are you? Um, where are you, Anastasia? Oh, maybe she's having trouble getting in as well. Okay. Well, um, I'll just give her a moment here. Um, I, I do want to elaborate a little bit um, about this Mercury retrograde coming up because, um, like I said, I think it's already having uh, an effect on communications, phones, computers, all that kind of stuff. But you can look that up online and read about it. Mercury goes retrograde about three times a year. And it's a it's not a good time to start something new, to launch a new project, to um to sign contracts. Um it's it's a time for reflection, finishing up things that were already started and kind of uh tending to the spiritual side of your life. So that is the Mercury retrograde coming up. And, uh, well, I don't know if Anastasia's going to make it. Uh, she might be having the same problem that I did. It took me 10 minutes to get in here tonight, so um, maybe there is something going on with the uh, with the Blog Talk interface. But um, I'm just going to... We're just going to jump right into it and um, make sure Lavendar is ready to go. You ready to go, Lavendar? I'm ready. Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Something is uh, something has um, is preventing Anastasia from getting in tonight, so um, we'll just have to go on ahead. So let me get okay. Heidi's mic open. Okay. Okay. It's spinning Hello. and it's spinning. There you are. Hello, Heidi. Um, Hello, everyone. Well, yeah. <laughs> so much for the uh, Starseed news. I do hope that um, Anastasia is not having too much trouble. But um, anyway, Lavendar, you can uh, kick it off tonight. Okay. Well, Heidi, thank you so much for sending me your wonderful book and for coming on the show. I'm so excited to share this space with you this evening. So the first thing I'd like to ask you is tell us a little bit about your early life experience as a child, because I'm pretty sure you were born awake. You were, weren't you? Yes, I was. So the best I can tell um, everyone is as a child, uh, adults were always saying to me, um, you shouldn't know what you know. Now, as a child, that doesn't make any sense to you, right, because I'm just saying whatever I'm saying, and what they're saying doesn't make sense to me and probably around age seven was an experience with my parents where we were going to see another family and I was very excited as a child saying I was excited to go back into the corn maze and I hope they had chocolate rice krispies um, squares again because they were really good last time and my parents had said, well, we're actually going to visit them because they just moved to a new house. And when we got there, everything was as I said it was. And um, it became clear to me that that very much frightened the adults in my life. Yeah. So it started to change kind of the trajectory I was on. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. You know about that, Lavendar, don't you? 
Yes, I do. I had some experiences at 10 talking to the governor of, of Oklahoma, asking him if uh, when was he going to marry his secretary. And so I was banished from the room. <laughs> <laughs> so so about this book, I'm very interested in the, the, the picture on the front. You have that beautiful white uh, lion, and then on the back you have the, the black panther. And yeah. that really got my attention because... It, it, it was though it, the the book is speaking to you with the words, but then also this picture has a a special meaning. Can you tell me something about this picture? Did you take this picture? Where did this picture come from? So that picture came from an amazing artist that I know. Her name is Gabriella Cleason, who she is able, if you go to her and commission her and say, can you please paint my spirit image or who I am, she gets visions and she will paint it. So she'll maybe paint an image of you or maybe you in another life and um, what animals or symbols show up around you. So when I went to write this book, I asked her, I knew I needed to have a painting of a white panther because the panther on the back, the black panther, is a panther that I've had for decades who've kind of guided and supported everything I do. But in 2019, that black panther, when I was at a very sacred site in Peru and South America, it changed to a white panther. And it took me a while to understand what that meant. Did my black panther die and I took on a new one? And what I came to understand was it was the same panther, it just changed colors. And it it kind of aged, if you will. And so I had her, I went to her and I said, I need you to paint this. And she's able to go into my energy system and see what that panther looks like. And so she produced the cover of the book. I love it. It's it's done very well. Uh, I know that on page 151, I started uh, reading about your experience uh, down with your friends in Peru. Uh, Is there... Can you tell our audience a little bit about what you experienced with your friends in Peru at, at this particular time, the vision in the clouds? So 151. So this was the story. Oh, yes, I know which one you mean. So um, this was 2011. I was with three of my best friends, and um, – We were in Machu Picchu, a site that most people know, very sacred. And it was my first time actually being there, even though I had been to Peru many times. And a big storm started to come in the the clouds. You could hear thunder off in the distance. So many of the people, now you have to get the image at Machu Picchu, on average in a day, there can be three to 4,000 people that go through that site. And so it started to empty out because it's rock and people don't want to be around when there's thunder and lightning. My friend suggested we go further into the city instead of leaving and taking shelter. What I had not told them is I really didn't want to go because a year prior that on the exact date, I had been hit by lightning a second time in my life. And so I thought, this is not a good idea for me to be in an open site with a lot of rock. I'm a very tall person. I'm 6'4". 
I'm the tallest person here, and I've already been hit by lightning twice. I'm going to be the one who gets hit again. Anyways, they convinced me to go along with them, and I huddled under rocks, hoping that should the lightning come, it would hit a rock and not me. I did not get hit by lightning. We made our way way deep into the site of Machu Picchu by Wanupichu and took shelter under a grass hut. And Machu Picchu had cleared out, so there was maybe only 40 people who stayed on the site. The clouds started to clear, and I was so thankful to stay there because a rainbow came out. And the rainbow, you know how they say there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? Well, the rainbow ended on the stairs of Machu Picchu on this sacred site. And I went, of course, this is a place, a pot of gold. But not only was there one rainbow, then there was a second. And on top of that, there was a third. And I've never seen such a sight in my life before that or since then. And so it really taught me, too, to you've got to have faith even when things are uncomfortable, even when they're overwhelming and scary, that maybe there is a pot of gold in the experience of life. Yeah, that, I love this story. You know, when I read it, I've been hit three times by lightning, so this story really got to me, okay? Right. <laughs> so you know how uncomfortable that is. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. I mean, there's been times when when uh, people uh, know that I've been hit by lightning and when it starts happening, they'll actually run from me. <laughs> uh, yes, my I, friends do not want to be around me either. <laughs> yeah, I have a chiropractor that won't, won't, would not adjust me during a storm. If I, if I came in and if it was raining, I had to leave. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> it was funny. Anyway, so... Back to some of these experiences you've had, you know, it, it looks like to me that we call you the experiencer. There's there's people on the planet, I believe, they're designed to have these experiences so they can share them with others, so they can awaken people to other realities. And I think you're one of those people, don't you? I would believe so, yes. Yes. Because I so, am a storyteller. Yes, you are. You're a scribe. Um what will a person gain if they take the journey inward to respond to their spirit? Can you give them some kind of heads up about what to expect? How about I start at kind of the the end point and then walk backwards a little bit. Okay. The end point is if you go and take that journey, you are going to know your truth, your original truth why you came to earth, what your purpose is here, how to walk that, how to fulfill that. And in that, that is the pot of gold. To know your spirit and live by your truth is the most amazing thing that you can do, no matter what is happening in life, whether it seems good or bad. Now, if I walk backwards, so that's the end, end goal. To take that journey inside, is about clearing away the patterns that have been programmed sometimes over eons that have covered up one's original truth or what their spirit or soul is calling them to. Sometimes you're clearing away generations of beliefs 
or patterns or energy. So that can feel like the hard work or sometimes it can feel a little scary that what if, what, what if I under, uncover my soul and um, it wants me to do something totally different than what I'm doing right now? And I would say that may or may not happen. And whatever happens, it's going to be amazing. Because to live by your truth and your soul can be no better way of living because there's a whole different level of faith and trust in yourself and in everything around you, as well as you feel completely connected to everything on this earth and even more than this earth. You know, the stars, the the skies, the planets, other galaxies, other dimensions. So then you never feel alone. So is that, that why you wrote this, is that why you wrote this book? I wrote the book because I feel that we all need to wake up. We are all amazing, powerful beings, but we've been there has been programs put in place that have covered that up that we don't remember that. So if I can give a method or a way to go inside that's going to ha- almost take away, deprogram, or I was saying to someone today, it's like defragging a computer. As you're taking off everything so you can speed up what's really true and make, make your system work at its highest level. So the intent was, let this go- book go forward to everyone, as many people as possible, so that you have a method that you can follow to be able to do this on your own because way too many of us keep looking outside of ourselves for the person who knows, but we actually know. We just need to have a way to remember that we do know how to do this. We know our original truth. So I know in the book you talk a lot about how to process fear, trauma, and painful life experiences. Did yeah. did you... Um, have a lot of, of trauma growing up, or was there a place where you knew that this is part of your calling was to help people that were the wounded spiritual warriors on the planet? So I would say that, yes, I had trauma growing up, and I think any human being I've met, and I work with babies in the womb right up to people who are making the transition from their physical body, is we all have trauma at some level, whatever our experience may be. So yes, it was that for me, and it was finding a way, how do I maneuver through that and make that trauma an opportunity, something to help me grow, instead of something that keeps me stunted. But bigger than that is I remembered the trauma that happened even before being on this earth and knowing that many people would have that program somewhere in their systems and how do we overcome that because in your computer as a human being it gets very programmed and lodged in there and that pulls our energy and our attention and so we need a way not to let that override our system because in truth, our soul and spirit is ever powerful 
and capable of amazing feats. So that's a, that's why the book was written. And yes, it is to help all of the spiritual warriors awaken into their luminosity. Because I even am trying to take off the the idea that we always have to fight. That once you know your soul and spirit, it's no longer a fight. There's just ease. It's a pot of gold. So Heidi, let me ask you. Um, I've been tracking two two years that I see that people really kind of jumped and made some major decisions. People were migrating and getting married, having babies, changing jobs. 2012 was one of those jumps, and then 2017, that eclipse. And what I was noticing wasn't so much about the Mayan calendar, although that was an important thing that happened. I was noticing that the bloodlines were rising up all over the planet. And a lot of those bloodlines had something we call revenge blood. It's almost yeah. like they chosen, like the Hatfields and the McCoys at a galactic nature, <laughs> jumping in bodies and keeping their revenge going. And then in 2017, I, I started seeing more of it. It's almost like it was a, a turn of a key, or it, it was like evolution was happening in front of my eyes as I was tracking a lot of these different people that were having sessions, and all this information was coming forth about the changes that were happening in their bloodlines. Is this something that you started experiencing also? Absolutely. Absolutely, and in ways where people never thought about their bloodline and the generations before them were suddenly thinking about them and recognizing patterns that they were maybe so obvious to someone sitting outside of them, but starting to see it themselves and saying, like, change has got to happen, like, now, now, so this doesn't continue and it doesn't get carried on. And at the same time, I also saw where people would, like I called it the parting of the sea, is it was like there was no middle ground. There was no sitting on a fence anymore. Oh, yeah. You couldn't walk a middle road. You were either going to go one path or the other. You were going to sink into uh, like fighting what I call heavy energy or you would start to move towards a lighter way of being. And I think yeah, more I people are aiming towards that lighter way but you can right. still feel the pull of that heavier way. Yeah, right. Well, I, 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 I have a saying, it's kind of a kidding saying, but I'm very serious about it. And the bliss bunnies and the white light Nazis seem to have gotten into polarity, okay? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I have never put it that way, but I would agree. <laughs> because I you, know seen, you know, I had the opportunity... Uh, in 2012, to be with, at that time, um, his name was Credo Metwa in Africa and was said to be the most powerful shaman on the earth at that time. He passed away last year at 99. And I remembered him teaching and saying, the last where this heavy energy is going to go is towards the spiritual people and try to grab them and stop them from advancing. Oh yes. And so, oh yes. So I've seen that. Yes, and and right? and one of the one of the things that we've been experiencing in the starseed community is that a lot of starseeds that are 
highly trained in their counseling and their work and everything, and all of a sudden another group of ETs or astrals or some demonic beings come and, and lead them away and have them work for their agenda instead of what they came to do on the planet. So there's been yes. a lot of hijacking of star seeds on the planet. Yes. Yes. And that's it's been why very, I think very sad. It's very sad, and I think why you know in some ways that the the book is really kind of saying here's what you got to do. Here's what you got to do. Find your light. Find the community within you so that that doesn't happen, so you don't get hijacked. Yeah. But it's so easy for that to happen because in the human body, heavy energy, your, your human body remembers heavy energy much more than it does light energy. It, you have to become really conscious to remember the light energy. Right. So have you, you've traveled extensively on the planet. Um, what are some of your favorite sacred sites that you've, you've gone to and you've gone back to again and again? Do you have a place like that where you just keep returning? There, there is two. There is uh, one in Bolivia called the Island of the Sun. This is a small island. I really call it a mountain that's sticking up out of Lake Titicaca, which is the highest lake in the world. It's at over 14,000 feet above sea level. No electricity, but it is, um, other than one other place, the most peaceful place I've ever been on the earth. And it is said to be the home of the man who was called Wiracocha in the South Americas, who really built the Inca Empire, that this was the place of his family home where he would go to rest and be with his family and be the visionary and create there. So that's one. The second would be a place called Hokianda Bay, which is in New Zealand on the North Island. And again, very peaceful. It's a very sacred bay. Uh, the indigenous people of New Zealand are still very much in that area and holding it sacred. It's very much a place, uh, much like Lake Titicaca, where there is much activity and visitation with ETs. Yeah. And I guess for me, I feel at home there because of some of that visitation. Have you ever had your astrocartography done to see where the planets were in alignment in those places when you were born? That would be really interesting to find that out. The places I find the places that you're attracted to and keep going back to may be some of the places that we've lived on the planet before. I'm finding that to be true. I have not had that done, and it would be interesting. I, um, but I would say that when I was at Hokianda Bay, it very much felt that way for me. Like I knew I knew this place. Yeah, this I felt that, that way when I, I yeah. felt that way when I went to Athens, Greece. Yeah, I was very Greece was a place that I knew that I had spent a lot of time and energy and lifetimes and yeah, there's certain places that I can think back on and I go, Oh, absolutely that was a place where I had, had been at one time and place. So um, tell us more about your exciting adventures that you have. Tell us more about things like that. 
I love that story about the the third rainbow. I've never I've seen a double rainbow and a reverse rainbow, but I've never seen three. That was yes. they probably did that just for you. You know that, right? Yes, I do. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you want me to tell you exciting stories? Hmm. Because I have so many, you know, part of what happens for me is that I do get visions and I kind of see myself as a humble servant and that I try to say yes as much as I can. So some of those visions are often going to different lands and doing ceremonies to provide energy or opening energy spaces or connecting with the people there to help them open energy spaces. So there's always interesting stories that come out of that. Um, You know, I think of one that was probably really significant is uh, I was asked to travel to um, Israel and Egypt and to go to Mount Sinai. Now, I don't know geography very well, and so I had to look on a map. You know, I've certainly heard of the places I had to look on a map. And I had had an elder tell me I needed to go to the Middle East, and I did not know that Israel and Egypt were the Middle East. So that's how kind of naive I am around geography. When I was planning to go, some people were traveling with me, and we were getting prepared to book our flights. And I get an email, simply said, Heidi, they're killing people in the streets. How do you wish to proceed? And the person's name signed it, and I went, well, what do I do with this? Most people would say, we need to cancel that experience. And I said, well, no, I just need to go and listen deeply to the call of spirit, what is being asked here. And I couldn't get clear because I'm not concerned about dying, but I had people pass uh, who were going to travel with me, and I didn't want them to pass. So I went to a, a dear friend and healer of mine and said, what do we do? And right away they had a very emotional response and said, you can't go, you can't go. And they were also traveling um, on this journey. And I know emotional responses are not the call of spirit. So it pushed me to have to go and find this center, this quiet place inside and say, what do you want? And the journey was to continue, but I was to leave my homeland on a certain day and return from the land of Israel on a certain day. And because I like cheap direct flights, um, the cheapest and most direct flight left the day um, before the date I was given and would arrive two days later. So I knew I couldn't do that. So I followed and, and picked a flight where I paid more money, had to go through another city. Now, I can't tell you the amazing things that happened on that journey. We did not we did not expect to meet elders of different traditions. We were introduced to so many elders of different traditions and spend time with them and with their communities. We were given access to places that apparently they don't give access um, to anyone about. 
we didn't ask for this. It just started to happen. Um, we were taken into areas where they don't let foreigners at all. Families invited us in that had never um, had seen white people before. And so there's just magic happening. So I would almost want to say sometimes when we answer the call of our spirit, that's where the magic and mystery of creation, the universe happens. What seems impossible becomes possible. Yeah. Sometimes when you just allow um, everything to unfold before you, then then things will. It it depends on, I guess... Your, your blood coatings and your astrological timing and everything. There's, I look at things as a combination of fusion of many different aspects. When, when magic starts happening, I used to try to track it, uh, thinking that if I could track it, I could duplicate it. No, you can't duplicate it. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay? You just have to be willing to, um, to have the experience to say, I don't know anything, so therefore, you know, I know nothing. <laughs> and with that, then something really starts to happen. Yes. Don't you find that that's sometimes a hard place for us to get to, right, to be able to say oh, I don't yeah. know anything? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I had a lot of training with ETs throughout my life, and I'm in my late 70s now, and I'm getting ready to uh, to retire from doing the sessions that I do, but I am going to be working on a book and a movie and hopefully a mini-series about all my high strangest experiences. So, yes, it, it's time for me to, um, you know, step out and start uh, sharing some of my experiences with others because I've had, I was given the opportunity to be in alignment to personal ET training aboard the Starship Bethlehem. So right. it's time for me to um, do those particular things now on the planet. That would be really important to be sharing. You know, I know one of my times when I was on the, you asked me some of my favorite spots, and I said the Island of the Sun in Bolivia. My very first time there, um, I had done a sacred ceremony with fire, and everyone had gone to bed, and I knew I needed to stay so I could be with my star sisters and brothers. And... um, about an hour after, they came, literally came up out of the lake. They ascended from the, the bottom of that lake, the water, and they were 40 to 50 feet tall and just unbelievable beings um, and just sharing and a sharing of energy, a sharing of information. So when you ask about some peculiar things. Heidi, was this in Lake Titicaca? Was this in Lake Titicaca? Yes, it was. Oh, goodness. We had a lady one time to fly, to hire a a pilot, got into an airplane. She had some of these Giza crystals because she was instructed to take them out in the middle of, of the lake and have the pilot open the door and throw them out. And um, so when the time came, she was peeling an apple, she mm-hmm. said, and um, she said, please uh, open the go- door. I need to throw these Giza crystals out to, to the lake. And and uh, she thought, oh, my goodness. She said, <laughs> all of a sudden, he said, 
no, wait, I can't open the door. And she took her little knife and put it up to his throat and said, open the damn door. He opens the door, throws the crystals out, and then when they land, he has no memory of anything happening like that. Right. Right. (laughs) So I have to tell you, I'm really excited by the story you just shared because obviously many of us have been called to support uh, the opening of portals of energy in Lake Titicaca, because in 2013, it was another vision that I was following and went to Lake Titicaca, had to go into it in the middle of the night. So this person was lucky. They didn't get to experience how darn cold that water is. And um, I had a boat of people. I had a medic on board because I knew there was a high chance of hypothermia. And um, had a team of people who could track my energy because I had to not be near the boat. I had to put protections around the boat because the water was very calm. But once I started the work, I had Lumerian crystals with me that I carried in a huge backpack on my back. And... um, the waters became wild and some of the energies that you talked about, some of the things that don't want these things to happen were coming at me and trying to drown me. And the goal was to drop that crystal into the middle of Lake Titicaca. And it was done. It was done. Wow. So I'm excited to hear other people have been doing that. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's more details to that story, but that was the short version. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of people now all over the planet that are planting crystals and, and, and working with sacred sites. And a lot of people have the ability to even uh, repair broken ley lines with their physical body. Have you been experiencing anything like that? Yes. Um, I don't know how to even say that is because our our bodies, we have the potential, and some of us already are, that our, our beings are crystalline so that when we go to those spots, we just be there and make the connection. And it's like the weaving, much like a bone in your body that breaks. Yeah. And But if you straighten that or you be with it, that bone repairs itself, and that's when we hold that crystalline energy and go and be with those ley lines is we're helping them repair right before our very eyes. And well, it helps that a, flow. Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of work that needs to be done now with the crystal grid and what's happening with the 5G technologies and everything that's kind of messing with our, our planet right now, that uh, there's more star seed that seem to be awakened to uh, to do this energy work now on the planet. People are waking up and saying, you know what, I think I can do this. And they do it and they go, wow, I can do this. People are getting more confident with their energy moves, I've noticed, especially the yes. ones that are sincere about their training. Yes. And isn't that beautiful, the beauty of it? You know, and it yes. feels... Uh, it feels like there's been those before us who kind of set the ground and then more followed and even more and more. There used to be a commercial about shampoo, you know, and this one does it and then two more do it and then there's four and then there's eight. And it feels like that is becoming more and more extensive now with people awakening. You also 
sense that um, the elemental kingdoms have gone to another vibration. They seem to be, um, I know that everything evolves, but it seems that the elemental kingdoms have evolved faster in the last few years, I've noticed. Their abilities to, like the rocks and the trees, they seem to be echoing certain kinds of frequencies from the crystal grid, I've noticed. Yes. Have you? I've noticed that, and I'm just going to give like a thought what that might look like for even the average person is, so my husband and life partner, over the last few years, we take lots of walks, and he'll say, hey, doesn't that look like a snake? Hey, look at this. It looks like an old man with a really big beard here. Now, We've been taking walks all of our life together. We've been together over 30 years. He never used to see that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah. it's so visible now. Yeah. We have found found several pictures on on Google recently about trees that are walking on land, and they actually are walking. (laughs) Yes. Yeah pretty fun to to look at these new pictures you know there's so many good things that is happening with technology i just wish that with social media and with people you know kind of losing their minds over different things that happen on social media that their consciousness has not raised to the point of of being responsible for what they're doing but at the same time on the other hand we get these beautiful pictures of clouds and rocks and, and and exciting places that happen all over the world that Maybe we'll never get a chance to visit, but through this technology, we can visit it. It's great. Have you noticed that the um, color of the sun changed about, I'm trying to track now, maybe three years ago? Yes, I did. it's more white, whereas before it used to be more on the yellowish tint. Yeah. I think the the more that volcanoes happen, the more that we're going to see those brilliant sunsets yeah. on, on the planet. That's happening a lot, I notice. Mm-hmm. So at this time, I'd like to, to share um, you with my co-host, Ariel. I so enjoy talking to you today, and I love your book, and I love what you're doing, and we support you. And any time that you want to come on and announce anything, or share stories or anything at all, be sure and contact us, even if it's for five or ten minutes, even if we Fantastic. have another guest. Fantastic. Always, Thank you so much. Because we have a very, very awake audience, a very awake audience, and um, people that are ready to to step up and take their their place in the scheme of things. So thank you again for being our guest tonight, and back to you, Ariel. Thank you, Lavender. Okay. Well, I would like to um, kind of backtrack a little bit uh, because you said something that kind of uh, I wanted to explore more. And yeah. when when you and Lavendar were talking about, uh, especially when you said that the the dense, heavy energy is seeking um, the beings who would uh, transmute it and and kind of, you know, leading them astray. Lavender calls it hijacking. Yeah. And um, is there something um, like 
really specific that you can recommend as a, like a practice or a technique because, I mean, people that are, you know, they've been awake, they've been, you know, more advanced starseeds, you know, doing the work on the planet, and then and then something can just grab a hold of them, and before you know it, they're they're disabled or they're leading others astray, and yes. and um, to and when people say, oh well, you know, spirit told me, the voice told me, and I was like, how how do you check ID at the door? I love that, absolutely. Oh, you opened a big topic, so are you okay if I maybe say a few things about that? Oh, sure. Yeah, cause I think it's it's very important because it's it's heartbreaking. We've we've you know been around for so long, and you know taking people to Arkansas, and we watch them you know as they're you know taking their first kind of starseed steps and blooming into these really really beautiful you know souls, and they're going out and doing things, and then. You know, and then years later they come back, and we look at them, and and they've completely gone you know, like a left turn in the wrong direction, and it's like it's it's a very serious thing, because just yeah. as you said, and, and I love the way you put that, because the the, the dark the the dense, I mean we kind of call it the Darth Vader energy in the world, you know, um, because that's everybody knows what that is without. Yeah, scaring people. So, yeah. So if uh, you know you're you're tooling along and you know doing light work and and really you know clear, and then you know the Darth Vader, the dense energy comes in and maybe tricks you, maybe disguises mm-hmm. themselves so that you think mm-hmm. you're listening to you know mm-hmm. the spirit. And it's like, and we try to teach people. It's like listen to your own voice. So that's what I loved yeah. what, what you were saying. How really can you, um, let's just call it check ID at the door, when you hear, you know, a, a discorporate um, entity telling you to do something? Right. So first is always, I think, the practice that we as individuals carry, uh, listening to our own spirit. You actually said it is how we listen inside of ourselves versus listening outside of ourselves to something told me. Now, not to say because we're all getting communication from things all the time, I want to check the radio station that I'm listening to and that it's well-tuned in. How do I know it's well-tuned in? By checking my own radio station. Like we had problems with our phones when we were first connecting tonight. Mm-hmm. And we had to go to different phones and check our phones to try and make that connection. So I had to hang up and transfer over to a different um, different phone to try and make it work. And I think that was a little play of something heavy trying to come in and create some disruption. And we had to keep very focused and say, we're going to make this work. We're going to make this work. We, you know, we've got two minutes, we're going to make this work. So we had to hold our intention, all of us, very strong about what we were aiming for, and we were able to make it work. So we want, who are we listening to? First of all, you want to listen to you. Why? Because you know the sensation, the feel, 
the voice, the quality of the energy that you're listening to. And even though the Darth Vader energy, and it tries to disguise and trick, it still has a different quality or sensation when you tune into your own energy. It can just be like one little level off, but you don't want to doubt yourself and kind of go, oh, maybe I'm out of tune. No, you're looking for that same level all the time. That's like checking the door pass. If it doesn't meet that level, you don't get to come in. I'm not, I'm not believing that. So that's one. Um, and so you always want to have your practices that you're doing. I like to make things simple for people. Just breathing, keeping the physical body, the energy in the physical body moving by using breath work because that, that clears away your own heavy energy. Because we collect, I call it um, dirty windows. You know, I, I clean my windows, and I don't have anyone who purposely makes them dirty. They just get dirty from the rain or there's bugs on them. So I have to have a regular habit of cleaning the windows. Well, we want to clean the window of our own light to the end of our own soul because that keeps us attuned. That's going to help us notice the trickster energy even more. The next that I say, how do we keep it in check, is if we get highly charged and highly emotional about something, that's how the Darth Vader's will become a trickster. It steals our energy. So when we become like excessively passionate about something, it's somehow hijacking our system. Because uh, when we're in that higher level of energy, there's not a lot of emotionality to it. It's just highly charged with this amazing crystal clear energy. So it's not highly charged emotionally. If you're highly charged emotionally, you may want to do a check and kind of go, "Mm, did my windows get dirty? Have I been hijacked? What's going on here? I love that. So yeah, you know, are, and that, yeah. If I could interject, that reminds me of something that Lavendar told me a long time ago, and it has always stuck with me. Um, and without going into too much detail, she just she told me they will get you through your yearning if you yearn for something, mm-hmm. and then it shows up, you embrace it. It's like, oh, it's what I've always wanted. You know, and, 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 and when you've yearned for something, that's that's your weakness. It's your unlocked back door. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, yearning is, is an emotional thing. Yes. So that that is exact that's what you're saying in just different words. Yes. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, if, yeah when you really, really want something really bad. Yeah. It's it's like, okay the Achilles heel we can go for that and uh, yeah. you know a lot of star seeds get pulled off track like that so continue the one thing that I I would also want to share and I've seen it happen a lot as have all of you is that someone starts off really well and then they go sideways what's happening well that energy is so amazing and pure. It is, my, my word is, it's like having a cosmic orgasm. 
And but if you're not because you're in a human body, you're you're this essence in a human body, the human body is very triggered and it likes that kind of energy. And so we start seeking it out, trying to create it, that kind of a charge. And I think again it's kind of an emotional charge that I was talking about. That's where we go sideways. And that's where you've seen amazing people who've done amazing things start to go sideways and do not so good things. They've been hijacked by Darth Vader. Or for me, it's the heavier energies have got right. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a label. But every you know, everybody gets what Darth Vader is about. So it's yeah. kind of our, of our blanket term. Um, so would you say that if you... Um, if you can approach something with like dispassionately, you are more likely to stay on track than if you get all worked up about it. Is that true? Would you say that? I'm sitting with the word dispassionately. I would say if you can approach something with clarity, but you're not attached to it. Okay, yeah. So I guess. I, the best I can give is um, an example. Is I told you, uh, I was saying about the story of being in Lake Titicaca, having to go and drop that Lumerian crystal off. Well, I had to train for months to do that because I had to be in physical shape to be able to withstand, one, the altitudes, and two, the freezing cold water. And at one point, I was really tired of getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning doing weights and doing 30 Olympic lap, laps in a, a pool. And I went to my healer and I said, what if I just don't do this? I'm tired. And she said, so you won't. Someone else will get the message and they'll do it. And it took this weight off of what that I had put upon myself of this responsibility and I could take the emotion out of it, and I kind of went, oh, okay, so this is not a necessity. The world is not going to fall apart if I don't do this. Then I could tap into this place of clarity and kind of go, well, you know what? I kind of like doing these journeys. I get a real kick out of it, and I get really good stories. So, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. So in that way, I was very clear about what the what it was, but I wasn't attached to it. I could either do it or not do it. Yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. Sometimes you know, um, when you when you, yeah when your emotions get into it, um, first of all, it, it brings your it brings your frequency down. You yeah. know, I mean, and I know, I mean, they, there's, a, there's a very high um, energetic kind of love that from the fifth dimension, from, you know, the Pleiadians and other ETs. Um, they love without emotion. And that took me a long time to kind of, well, how can mm-hmm. that happen? But mm-hmm. it's, the love is it's just, it's on such a high level that it's not emotional love. It's more like... Uh, I don't know what would you what phrase would you use? That kind of love is 
I don't need to feel it. I am it, and I see that love in everything around me. There, there's nothing separate from me. So I don't need to be emotionally charged it because I am already it. I'm oh, already like that, that love. That's a really clear way of, of, of thinking about that. So think about now the person who is in the audience and they're listening and they just started learning about, you know, that they might be a star seed or um, maybe um, adults who have children that are star seeds and they know it. But I'm, I want to focus on the people who are just starting their journey. Um, what would be the first thing that you would say that you know that would help them to stay on the path before they get um, you know all full of ideas from outside sources? I'm trying to think about a very clear response to that. So I'm going to give you something that I read from a little magazine called Reader's Digest a number of years ago now, over a decade ago. And it was a story about two parents and they were watching their little kids, one who was about four to five years old and the other one was an infant, her infant brother. And the parents heard the little girl talking to her infant brother and they were curious, what is she saying to her little brother? What's she talking about? So they snuck up the, the, the stairs and they listened in. And this is what they heard her say. Please help me remember I'm starting to forget. Oh. So she knew that her baby brother remembered who he really was, where he was from, that you know, we're a very pure source when we're, we're born. But then we go through the process of human experience where there's beliefs, whether they come from our family, generations, culture, society, school, etc. And we start forgetting. And so I would say, always go back inside you. Who are you really? Be childlike. The child that has the wonder and sees the shapes in the clouds and sees that the trees talk and know that the butterflies are speaking to them. And so as starseeds, we want to return there because that's where everything is alive and everything is that love. So you want to remember. You want to have a way of staying connected to that remembering. Yeah, and that's, you know, my my personal, um, uh, I guess, goal or uh, is just to try to help the 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 youngest before they before they get all you know <laughs> messed up by by society and all those things that you just mentioned you know try to give them those those tools and that understanding that they've got everything that they need already um, yeah. and they don't need to look outside of themselves because they're already you know their their spirit is is um, beautiful, you know, ideal. 
Can I share a story? Maybe that's helpful, maybe for the parents who have star seeds. Okay, yeah. So I have two um, children who are now adult men. And one of them, when he was in grade one, the youngest one, and I, when he was born, I said, oh, my gosh, this one is so wise. Um, he's in grade one, and I kept getting called in by his teacher, and always that he was full of questions, and he provided a lot of distraction in the class. And I kept walking away. I would cry, feeling like maybe he was a bad parent and not doing a good thing. I would... Um, talked to my son how he couldn't do that and and then probably about the seventh or eighth time after I walked away crying I went hold on a sec what am I doing here what am I trying to program my son into he's speaking his truth he's asking questions because he wants to understand why is this important Why do we need to do math right now? Why is that important? Because we were just talking about um, the different types of rocks and how rocks are formed, and I want to understand more about that. And so I realized that my son was very um, tenacious and determined, and I thought, he's like me, but I only showed that trait when I was an adult because as a child I had to cover that up because the adults were very uncomfortable with that. So the next time the teacher called me in, I listened, but I was different as a parent. And I said, you know, I know he is stubborn and tenacious. And I said, you know what? That may be difficult now, but it's going to serve him well in life. And I am not going to change that, and I'm not going to tell him to be any different. So he's in your class. Figure out what you need to do. Don't call me in again. Do you know that adult man to this day is very clear, very determined about what he needs to do? And so I'm so thankful that somewhere I woke up not to keep trying to form him into something, but to let him be who he is. Yeah, that's I really that's, I like doing when I do um, my my readings. Um, sometimes the parents will want to know about the kids, you know, the child's chart. Yeah. And so I just, I, I lay it in right then and there, you know, he, this is, this is where their talents are. This is where their skills are. These are where their gifts are. And, you Beautiful. know, don't make him Amazing. be an accountant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, <laughs> there's children, there are children that, that just won't be quiet. They're, they're mm-hmm. like little chatterboxes. They got all this stuff to say. And and you know and that would show up in the chart, and I was like you know don't don't squash that, right? You know because they Absolutely. may be a great orator someday, you know. Yeah. So you have to you know and and so if you educate the parents, um, on you know what what the child needs, it's like if you've got seeds, some seeds want you know acid soil, one seed some seeds don't, some like lots of water and blah blah blah, and you have to know. What kind of seeds you've got there in order to, um, you know, raise it to be very, you know, healthy and, and strong as it can be. Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's really important, you know, for parents to instill that because then as they get out in the world and they are, you know, adults and they get out of college, they're going to need those tools. 
and always to listen on the inside. So um, now what what would you say to, um, you know, that people have had, you know, um, trauma and fear and, and painful life experiences that's already behind them? How do you help people um, to to process that, to transmute that, to get past it? So first, the often the first step, because when we've experienced that, we're in a human body, we experience that, part of our soul splits apart from us because it's kind of like, what is this place? What's going on here? I'm not doing this. So it pulls away and it goes back to a safe place, if you will, out in the cosmos. And But you need that soul, that essence, that life energy, to be able to function fully in your full capacity, to, to be your full spirit. So the first thing is to help people bring that back, to go and get that and retrieve it, because it has answers about how to do your life path. So a lot of people, they know they have problems. They, they're doing everything, but they keep feeling like they're hitting up against the wall and they can't get around that wall. The wall is that there's something that is not connected with them, is missing. When you bring it back, it will start, it's almost like if you're missing an arm and you're only working with one arm, and someone brings you a second arm, whether it be your original arm or a prosthesis, immediately your life changes. So you bring back that life energy that went missing. It changes how you interact with yourself and you and life. And it changes how you perceive the trauma that you experienced. So that's the task. And then once you have that, is to be able to tune in to that channel and listen to what that soul, that spirit is guiding you to and be able to say yes to it because your own spirit has your back 100% of the time. It's never going to mislead you. It will sometimes take you into the unknown, which as for us as humans can sometimes be a little scary because We try to always know things. But if we remember, our soul's got our back 100% of the time, provided we brought ourselves back. So that's how I help people move through traumas, to bring that life force back into them. And then to understand what that life force is so that you can start following it, taking action on it. And if they don't have that wholeness, their their growth is stunted. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, so people keep cycling or recycling or looping. And yes. it's like, you know, I keep getting out of one bad situation into another one that's a lot like the first one, and they just they, they just feel like they're, they must be a victim. That's uh, right. But when, but when you bring that, that missing part back, integrate it, um, Everything like you, everything has to change. Yeah, it can't help but not change. Like it has to. Just like that, if I get two arms, my life is automatically going to change. 
It can't not. And then there's the next piece of the journey to say, if I get another arm, how do I use it to its full capacity? So that's something that I'll help people with, is first get that life force back, then let's understand how to use the full potential of your spirit and put that into action in your own life. So, and, and this this is why you wrote the book, right? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Um, it, and, and would it be helpful to people who have not had any terrible trauma or, um, you know, people that have had a little bit easier time, maybe, you know, maybe they think they don't have too many fears or pains, but even if someone is feeling like they're pretty balanced, they can still benefit from reading this book, correct? Yes. The book was written so that it could benefit anyone. Whether the trauma was significant or there's nothing, and we just feel a little lost, that's what the purpose was. Well, this is this is such a, a wonderful endeavor and uh, wonderful that you have uh, kind of put this all together and i mean and i can i can tell i mean just from you know your your conversation with lavendar and what we've been talking about that you are you really know what you're talking about you've been there you've done it and and now you've put it all together in in a beautiful book and that is i'm sure going to help a lot of people especially when it comes to that hijacking thing because it's it's so sad Yes, and that's that's my hope. When I I was writing it, well, I didn't. I'm just a vehicle who wrote it, right? Really, it was um, something larger. The energy of the universe saying, "Okay, this write this so that many people can access this." And when it went to an editor, it was, "Well, who's your population?" I said, "Pretty much everyone. That anyone who picks us up, whether they're just." beginning, whether they don't even know that they're beginning, or whether they've been doing this for decades, that they still get something out of it. Well, that's really, I mean, that's great. And certainly, um, I mean, I would imagine, just fast-forwarding, if someone did get hijacked, they have to go back and, and reclaim that part that they either gave away or or was kind of stolen in the night um so regardless of where the where the break happened or where the where the the pitfall was you can get back on track using the techniques and and um you know chapters in this book absolutely and that's what i've said to people is it's not a book that you necessarily have to read from front to back you could open any page read something see how it speaks to you, or access one of the self-discovery moments that are in there, use it, because that's exactly it. Is it's You're always um, practicing at being home inside yourself with your own spirit. Wow. Well, this has just been really, really um, enjoyable and enlightening, and... Um, I actually forgot to invite people to call 
because we just jumped into, I was like really enjoying talking to you. But if there is anyone who has a question for Heidi, uh, you've got a few minutes here before we wrap it up. Um, if you're already on the switchboard, just press 1 um, if you want to ask your question. Or if you're listening on the computer, then pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1. And um, we'll, we'll wait a couple of minutes here to see if anyone does have a question. Um, but we will um, continue in the meantime. So um, what is, I mean, what is next for you? <laughs> I, I laugh at that because um, part of me, this book I told I would, 30 years ago, a healer told me I would write a book, and I laugh because I don't like writing. I, I tell people to journal, and I honestly admit that I, I don't journal. I do not like it. I have other ways of reflecting in words. And, um, and then in 2012, I committed to writing the book, and then finally in 2019, I, I put words on the paper. And so what's next for me is to continue doing what I'm already doing. I work with people individually. I will teach in large groups of people, small anywhere from 10 up to you know over 100 people, and and teach them how to use these things, how to reconnect inside their soul, and how to stay connected. So I'll continue with that. I'll continue to do the visionary work that I get, and hopefully say yes as much as possible that I can. That's uh, that's possible in my humanness. And the other reason I had this little giggle is I've already had many people say, oh, we can't wait for your next book. And I'm part of me is very resistant in saying, what are you all talking about? Stop saying this, including my, my dear editor. <laughs> and so I don't know. Maybe there's, maybe there's a second book that's being asked to be written. I do not know yet. So you do you do one on one work with people. Uh, I do one on one work with people around the world. So I am situated in Canada, but for decades I've been working with people on every continent, whether we're working by phone or or virtual or in person. And it will sometimes I'm working with. Oh, my goodness, like anything and everything that you can think of. Sometimes there's physical health reasons that people are coming, and I always say, I don't know how to heal physical health. I only know how to help you with your soul. And sometimes when we work with our soul, it provides that healing for a physical health. And if the healing doesn't happen with the physical health, it happens at the soul level, so there's peace. There's a calm the the system is not hijacked anymore. So I work oh, individually. I work with children, adults. I've worked with families who are helping people transition out of their physical body into spirit, as well as helping the family be able to negotiate that change that someone might be making. I work with people who've had the experiences that are awakening um, or people who have awakened and been hijacked. So 
some of those people literally get dragged into my healing space by family members because they know they're not okay. And so because sometimes when someone's been hijacked, that energy really doesn't want anyone working with it. Um, It's trying to control that person. And so that's why I say literally I've had people dragged in or, or I go to sometimes where they are, not so, so much in terms of traveling the world, but it has happened where I'll go and work with that person to challenge that Darth Vader. That's part of the work that, that I also get called to do is to, to challenge the Darth Vader energy, yeah, but well, in a very different yeah. way. Right, right. You you can't um, you can't fight fire with fire. You, you have got to, it. Exactly you have to transmute right. it. Yeah, you have to change the fire. You can't fight it. Yep, it has to have uh, the deepest level. You asked earlier about what is that love? How did I define it? When it's not emotional love, is you be, have to be able to have that love and compassion. Even when something is destructive, yeah, and I mean you have to have the 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 love and respect for your own self. You yeah. have to love your own your own spirit and your own light um, first. Yeah. Because if if you don't, you're you're wounded and and you won't be so effective, and you might even do harm. You know. Yeah. Well, to... and I would also add, you you said you have to love your own spirit in your own light, I would also say you have to love your own dark. You have to befriend and make, because we all have a shadow side. Right? And so to be able to know that shadow side and befriend it so it doesn't hijack you. That's really powerful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, most people, it's like, what are you talking about? I don't have that. Like well, it's so insidious. You can have it and not even know. You know, it's like termite. Well, probably the simplest example. I'm going to use um, people who are parents, and especially mothers. Okay, because they and I say especially mothers because they they grew a child inside their very essence. Is put. If their child's in a dangerous situation, you want to watch a parent turn into their dark, they will kill for that child. They will do whatever it takes. That's our shadow side. So that lives in all of us. We're programmed for that in a human body. You want to get to know that instead of deny that that side of you is there. Because the insidiousness is, if you deny it, that's where it creeps in. Instead yeah. of saying, yeah, I have this side of me that could be very angry or um, a side of me that gets very frustrated with human beings or people or gets road rage or all those things that we think of. Do we want to admit that to ourselves so we can befriend it? Because... I know for myself that that shadow, I befriend it because when it comes up, it's actually a warning system in me. It's telling me, watch out. There's something in your environment that's triggering me off. 
whether it's an uns- what I call an unseen energy, like some kind of an entity or ET or something around that wants to kind of invade the space, or whether it's in another human being who's in my space. Now, uh, I remember not too long ago, I'm, well, within the last decade anyway, um, Lavendar said to, our, to one of our groups, you better be sure that you know yourself really well, because if you don't, there's someone who does. Yes. So, And that's how they kind of get in the back door. Yes. Because you were denying that you even had a back door. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. God, well, this has just been delightful, Heidi. And and I and I do hope even even if you don't have another another book on the horizon, um, if you have anything um, that you want to announce, if you're going to be doing any kind of a you know a, a, a workshop or something like that, do let us know and we'll bring you back on and and uh, uh, so you can make the announcement and let everyone uh, let our listeners know you know what you're up to. Oh, thank you very much. I so much appreciate that, and I have truly enjoyed and deeply honored to um, be here this evening and to be a part of this community and all that that all of us are um, supporting upon this beautiful earth. Well, it has been our pleasure, and if someone wanted to get in touch with you, would they just go to your website? There's contact information there. Um, yes, there is contact information on, on the website. They can leave me a message there. Um, there is an email there as well as they can. I'm a little bit of a dinosaur, admittedly, with email because I try not to get hijacked by technology. And so if they want real fast response is to place a, a phone call to me, which I believe it's on the very top of my website is my uh, my phone number, or if you desire, I can give it to you right now. Well, do you want your phone ringing off the hook? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that say, is a question, if, isn't yeah. it? If if they if if they are, you know, um, drawn to to go yeah. further with this. Just go to HeidiMcBratney.com. And, of course, Heidi is H-E-I-D-I, Mc, M-C, Bratney, B-R-A-T-N-E-Y.com. And you can reach out there and um, and work with Heidi. So I just want to make sure everyone has that information. Thank you. And it has, it's been a pleasure having you with us this evening. And we'll look forward to speaking with you at some point again in the future. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And you have an amazing evening. And I would encourage anyone listening that um, within the next day or two, go out at nighttime and let your own spirit fill with the, uh, the full moon and the energy that it's providing us with. Oh, it is a very, very powerful couple of days here with the with the equinox yes. and the harvest moon. So, yes. yeah, good advice. 
Okay. So, everyone, um, we are going to wrap it up now, and we'll be back two weeks from tonight. And until then, find all the gratitude that you have in your life and give compassion every day. Hmm. Until next time, good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 